What if I tell you today that I'm going to give you a question, one question, and if you can find the right answer, if you can arrive at the right answer, your life will get drastically better. Your home will get exponentially better. Your marriage will get measurably better. Your work situation, your business life will get noticeably better. If you'll just find the right answer to this question, if you'll just arrive at the right answer to this question, your life, your entire existence will get better. And I mean crazily so. You might say, well, surely it's not that simple. Surely it's not that easy. These are complex things. Life is complicated. And if there was a question so profound, if there was a question so all-encompassing, we would have heard it by now. There would have been books written on it. We would teach it in our school system. Surely there is no single question. Actually, friends, I believe there is. And it is this. Here is the question. And again, if you will arrive at the right answer, I promise your existence will change. And the question is this, what really matters? That's it, what really matters? If you know what really matters and if you will forego, if you will pass by what does not matter, if you'll take care of what really matters, you will be blessed. Today in our study in Luke chapter 14, Jesus will show us this truth. Our message today is entitled, The Everyday or the Eternal. The Everyday or the Eternal. We're in Luke chapter 14 today, again, verses 16 through 24. Luke chapter 14, again today, verses 16 through 24. I'm gonna ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the reverence and the honor of the reading of God's word. Luke chapter 14, beginning here in verse 16, it says this. But he said to him, a man was giving a big dinner and he invited many. And at the dinner hour, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is ready now. But they all like began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I've bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them out. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I've married a wife and for that reason, I cannot come. And the slave came back and reported to his master. Then the head of the household became angry and said to his slave, go out at once into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the slave said, Master, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the slave, Go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and I'm thankful for you and I'm thankful that I serve a risen and a ruling Savior today. I'm thankful that you are my savior, that you saw my plight, that you saw my helpless estate in my sin and you yourself died as the remedy for my sin. I'm thankful today for the peace that I have in a settled faith in Jesus Christ. I come today and I pray for our church that you would bless it, that you would lead it, that you would use it for your glory. I pray now in this day, in this hour,
that we would be wise and we would truly worship you. And I pray in this teaching hour now that you would speak to your people. Again, not a man's word, but your word to the hearts of your people. Convict us, teach us, change us. I pray for some here that do not know Jesus Christ today. I pray that, again, in the hearing of your word and in the drawing of your spirit, that today might be the day of their salvation. Today they might put their faith in Jesus Christ. We tell you once again, we love you, and we praise you, and we worship you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today as we move through our verses, I want you to see something as we do. I want you to be aware of something and it happens all the time as we study scripture and really that's the point to why we study the scripture and and that is as the verses are speaking, as the truth of God's word is taught, as many different subjects are covered, and as we go across the expanse of the scripture, many different subjects are covered, as, as, as many different points are made, and we're gonna see several points today. As we study the scriptures, the gospel unfolds, and I want you to notice that today. Today, in a parable about a dinner, with application for our life today, as we move through these verses, The gospel is the marvelous thing about God's word, the Bible. Whether it's in the book of Genesis or whether it's in any of the Old Testament books or is in the New Testament, it is the gospel that is revealed in God's word. And So I want you to see today as we move the gospel as it unfolds in our account. Be listening for that today. Let's begin with our verses beginning in verse 16. Says, But he said to him, A man was giving a big dinner, and he invited many. Verse 16, Jesus starts telling a parable. Now remember where he is at. Remember the context. He is at a dinner party on the Sabbath. We've looked at that all the way through chapter 14. Remember, he is speaking to men who are prideful and not humble. He has showed that to them. He is talking to men who are selfish and who are not generous. He has also pointed that out to them. Remember, he is speaking to men who are self-promoters using religion to gain status. These were the men, remember, who were trying to set Jesus up. Well, on that occasion and to these men, he begins this parable. And he starts off and he says, a man was giving a big dinner and he added many. Look at verse 17. And at the dinner hour, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is ready now. Verse 17 is big for us to understand what the parable is saying. Understand today, at this time, and And in this culture, an invitation, a formal invitation, had two parts. Sometime before the dinner, sometime before the event, the invitation was extended. Well, in advance of the event, 
it was announced and the personal invitation was given. Now, it just wasn't an announcement. It was an announcement, but it was also a personal invitation. That way, the person could plan to be at the event. The person could prepare to be at the event. Then the second part of the invitation, on the day of the event, the word was sent, it is ready. Come on, it is time to go. And that was the tradition, that was the culture of the day. Well, here in verse 17, it records for us the second part of the invitation. Understand, it is the day of the event. The preparations are now complete. The preparations are finished. It is time. And so the slave, the guy goes out and he says, come on, it is ready. See this. Remember I said the gospel is going to unfold for you in our verses today. See this today. In the book of Genesis, the Bible says the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head. Understand, it was an advance notice that there is a banquet that is coming. With Noah, as they climb on the ark, God's deliverance through his judgment of sin. Understand, it is advance notice that a banquet is coming. With Moses, as God makes a way for his people, leading them out of bondage. Understand, it is advance notice that a banquet is coming. With Abraham, the Bible says, through his faith, he is saved, that through his faith it is credited to him as righteousness. Understand, it is advance notice that a banquet is coming. With the prophet Isaiah, who longed to see that God would act in his day, who prayed, oh, that God would rend the heavens and himself would come down. He recorded, for a child will be born unto us. To us a son will be given, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. It was advance notice that a banquet was coming. And all the way through the Old Testament scriptures, God is making it plain, and God is announcing well in advance, there is a banquet that is coming. And then, with the first part of the invitation sent out, in the book of Galatians it says, and in the fullness of time at the exact right time in steps Jesus. And he says, the preparations are now done. It is time to enter in. And he says, I am the way. I am the door. It is time to come to the banquet. Listen to me. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel. How to stop preaching right there. I'm not. Verse 18. But they all like began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. This first invited guest, this first man says, I cannot make it. Please excuse me. I will not be there at the dinner. The Bible says he has bought some land and he needed to go look at it. He was doing business and he needed to tend to his purchase. That's the first man. Look at verse 19. Another one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen 
and I'm going to try them out. Please consider me excused. This second man says, please excuse me. I cannot make it. He has purchased five oxen with which to plow. And maybe he now says, you know, I can now take on more land. I can now produce more crops. And now perhaps my family will be secure with a better future. And he says, I need to go and try them out. And I've got work to do. And he says to the slave, I will not make it to the banquet. Look at verse 20. And another one said, I have married a wife. And for that reason, I cannot come. This man here in verse 20 says that he is recently married. And he says, I'm spending time with my new bride and I cannot break loose. And so he says to the slave, I likewise shall not come. And before we move today, I want you to see this. All of these reasons, they are not bad. In fact, really, they are really pretty good reasons. This guy's gonna be taking care of his business. Another man says, I have work to do. Another man says, I'm gonna spend time with my new wife. No, understand, these were not bad reasons. These were not unlawful things. No, these were the normal things of life. But be sure and see this today. Between the announcement and the banquet, they had become so involved in the everyday that they missed the eternal. Did you hear that? They had become so involved, so engrossed in the everyday that they missed the eternal. Let me tell you today, that is the question, what really matters? That was the question for them. That is the question for us in our day as well. What really matters? Students here today, you could be the best kid in your class. You can be the most athletic kid on your team. You can make the best grades. You can be headed for the best university. But I will tell you today, if you miss the eternal, it will not matter. Adults here today, you could build the best business. You could build the best reputation. You could be successful in every way. You can live in the right neighborhood. You could drive the right car. You could have a full retirement account. But I want to tell you this morning, if you miss the eternal, it will not matter. Moms and dads, next month we're gonna focus on our families. I wanna tell you today, you can give your kids all of the things of life. You can get them in all the clubs. They can play all the sports. You can make sure that they fit in. You can make sure that they're well adjusted. You can plan that they would have a great future. But I wanna tell you, mom and dad, when it comes to your kids, if they miss the eternal, it will not matter. So the question today is this, what really matters? What really matters? These folks who become so caught up in the everyday, they miss the eternal. What about you? Where is your focus today? What really matters? Look at verse 21. And the slave came back and reported this to the master. Then the head of the household became angry and said to his slave, go out at once into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and crippled and blind and lame. I want to read verse 21 again. The slave came back and he reported this to the master. 
Then the head of the household became angry. And he said to the slave, go out at once into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and crippled and blind and lame. Notice it says there, the head of the household became angry. Let me be honest with you here. I have heard preachers do backflips to try and explain this away. They'll say, you know, that's not our God. He's not mad. He's not angry. It's not in his character to get mad. That's not our God. And these guys will say, you know what, it's a parable. And all parables break down. And that's not the point to the parable. And they would say, you know what, a loving God, a just God, he is not motivated by anger. Well, here's what the Bible says. And listen, you're not gonna hear it in many other places. With those who refuse God's grace, with those who deny his gospel, with those who renounce his love, with those who reject his only begotten son, Jesus, God is angry. Listen to Revelation chapter 19, verse 15. It says this. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty. Be sure today, the rebellion of sin angers God. Also see here, who he invites to the banquet. It says the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Understand, these were people who were overlooked in society. These were people who were not valued in society. These were the least likely people to ever go to a rich man's banquet. In Jewish thought, they thought the problem was probably their sin. They thought it was the unrighteousness of these people. And so these were sinful, unrighteous people. These were a disgraced set of people. And yet the master says, go find them and invite them in. Praise God. Listen to me today. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not by works, lest any man should boast. And he finds his folks and invites them in. Verse 22. And the slave said, Master, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. He went out. He completed the master's task, and he says, and there is still room. Another translation says, yet there is room still. Let me make one point here in verse 22, and that is this. Be sure and listen. God's sacrifice of his son. God's grace shown through the cross of Calvary is more than enough. It is sufficient for all sinners to come home. Do you hear that today? His grace shown through the cross of Calvary is sufficient. It is big enough. It is more than enough for all sinners to come home. Look at verse 23. And the master said to the slave, Go out now to the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. Now, this represents those now outside of the city. For the Jews, it represents the Gentiles. And the, the master says, go out to the highways where the strangers are, where the foreigners are, to the hedges and compel them 
to come in. The Greek word for compel means persuade them. It means to strongly urge them. And the master says, so that my house may be full. Understand, the master is urgent for his house to be full. Verse 24. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. Very hard verse in verse 24, very stark verse, but be sure as you read verse 24, the reason they miss is not for the lack of an invitation. Understand, they were so involved in the, other day, in the everyday, they missed the eternal. The question is this, what really matters? Let me tell you something, in 2016, friends, I'm afraid that we're missing it. I'm afraid today as we have been trained, as we've been taught, as the culture teaches us, we are missing it and we're misled today. We're, we're selling out and we're spending our hours and we're spending our breath and we're spending the days that we have chasing something and chasing a world that will not last to the exclusion and to the neglect of the things that are eternal. That's our society. We're so involved in the everyday, we miss what is eternal. Jesus says in the book of Matthew, and what does it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? What really matters? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, we're thankful for you. We come and, and the first thing we do is we tell you we're sorry. We are sorry. For we take your grace for granted and we act like there's gonna be plenty of time and, and we'll do what we wanna do and we'll sin and we'll rebel against you and your grace will, will cover that and, and we live in neglect of the eternal thing. Forgive us for that. We come today and we praise you for the salvation, for eternal life that we have. I also pray that we would understand between you're coming again in the announcement of our faith in Christ. We have work to do. And I pray that as a people, and I pray as a person, an individual, I pray as a church, that we would become concerned about the eternal. And the eternal would, would dictate what we do in our marriages. And the eternal would dictate what we do in our homes and, and how we raise our kids and, and how we spend our time and our hours. Raise up for yourself a people focused on the eternal. We come today and I pray for some in this, in this hour, in this service, that may not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And they feel the weight and they feel the condemnation of their sin and they feel the hopelessness of a life that is on everything but the eternal. I pray that today that they would put their faith in Jesus Christ. They would hear the announcement all the way from Genesis, all the way through to Matthew. They would hear that the, the, the announcement has been fulfilled through Jesus Today they'd put their faith in your son. I ask that during this time of invitation that you would move, that you would speak, that decisions would be made, that lives would be changed, and it would be for your glory. We love you and we thank you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen.